0: This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com.
1: Ask the Podcast Coach for February 23rd, 2019.
2: Let's get ready to podcast.
1: There it is. It's that fun-filled music. Why am I yelling? I don't know. That means it's Ask the Podcast Coach time, where you get your podcast questions answered live. And joining me... Back in the chair, the
3: one, the only Jim Cullison from the Average Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. It's been four weeks since I've been able to say that, and uh, it is great to be back. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I work with high schoolers on Saturday mornings. We go six weeks in a row. Had an ice storm in Omaha this morning that they they predicted it was as bad as they said it was going to be. So we canceled this morning. I said, "Hey, do you have a guest? Can I come back?" Can I come back, Dave, please? Can I come back? So it's nice to be back on a Saturday morning, hanging out with you guys.
1: Well, that was the thing that was really, if I was smart, cause I, I liked to Like I brought in Juergen um, from the grow your podcast show. I think it is or podcast growth show or something like he's a super SEO dude. I read his book and I was trying to find people that either have never been on or, or things like that. I had one guy set up from, uh, be our guest. Um, which is a, a one of those things where you can get guests or be guest kind of situations. And he had a family emergency and SP
3: popped in, which yep. is great from Better Podcasting. have an SP. SP, thank you for doing that as well. And Jim, and, last week was was Dynamite. Did a great yeah. job, Jim. Thanks for and filling so, it. And most
1: of those were just, um, I, I planned some of them, but like Jim, I just happened to be on, he's getting ready to launch a new show. And I'm like, well, hey, since we're talking, like what are you doing tomorrow? Because <laughs> I kept forgetting and then so it's like, ah, uh, so uh, well,
3: SP and Jim as seasoned podcasters, yeah. um, you know, like, like I think you had John Buchanan on at one point in time, too. Right. John, John joined you, I think. Yes, well, so I did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's really nice to have seasoned podcasters who have all the right equipment. They kind of understand what you're trying to do. They fill in the blanks when you need to be doing other things on you know, the program, whatever. And so, uh, it's for me, it's great to walk away, be able to walk away for four weeks. I know a lot of podcasters would be really hesitant to be gone that long. It's like, Ooh, Dave, are you going to find a new friend in there? Like all of a sudden, am I going to stop getting the invite to come back? And some people worry about that. I, I don't hear. I, uh-huh. but it's, um, it's always well, it, nice to be able to walk away. Well, it's also what it does
1: is you, you don't know what you got until it's gone, man. And so like with John, I have, I've known John forever. Um, I've, I've known of Jim about 10 years. Uh, he's a, a, a great Libsyn customer. He's a great poster boy for, for Libsyn because he uses a ton of our stuff. Yeah, he does. Um, and, oh, I had um, uh, uh, Josh. From uh podcasting experiments because that was the other one I'm like, you know what I should have some of the awesome supporters mm-hmm. come on so I brought Josh on the one time uh, so you know it's and it's just interesting the different dynamics of different people and poor Josh kept having uh <laughs> I think it was his three year old unplugged the router in the middle. of <laughs> That was hilarious. And then last week we had the, um, I thought because I had a new computer that Live would now be my friend. And that is not the case. And I don't have time right now to uh, to troubleshoot that. But if you want to uh, jump in on the call, of course, you can always go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Or we've got the phone hooked up. If you want to call 330-294-9393, that's 330-294-9393. And uh the chat room is out at askthepodcastcoach.com/live and you'll see the phone number there
3: as well. So Jim, what did you uh, what you learn on your your winter vacation? Well, you know, first of all, working with high school kids is great. Everyone should have kind of a mission purpose uh, side hustle, something that moves the needle, changes the equation, you know, all those all those things that Gary V says. And um and that's mine and so for for 12 weeks uh, 6 in the spring 6 in the fall i work with high school students to become software developers and it's incredibly rewarding one of our students is building a, their own um like alexa device oh, wow. uh, so their own digital yeah. assistant which is really cool hardware software it's it's really really interesting so i learned a ton one of the things that we did though early on the podcasting side of things is uh, every year for our coaches, our global um, group of coaches around the world, we do what we call the Gallup Learning Series. And we invite 6,000 of them to join us during the day for these hour in the morning, hour in the afternoon, learning via YouTube. They're really just webcasts. That's all we do. That's just like a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, The very first one on the Monday, we kicked it off 400 live. Whoa. Yeah, 400 live. Wow. It's crazy, Dave. Like I've done this before. We've been in the two and three hundreds, but it it's always a reminder of how cool it is to have a super engaged audience. That yeah. when you ask them to come, they do, and they were just there, and and surprisingly, well behaved chat room worked out very very well. We were able to manage all of that. It was it was um it was another one of those experiences where. You know, you don't, I don't get those all the time. Typically in our webcasts, we get 30, 40, 50. That's a pretty average number of live to go to 400. Wow. Pretty, pretty crazy. I would just, I just picture
1: a, a chat room just gone. Chat rooms gone wild, like
3: really? trying to come up with the questions. And yeah, no, actually it didn't. Um, they were, they were really good about not just blasting the chat room. There were a couple times where I had to say, all right, gang, time to focus, because they would get off on their own little tangents. That's where it kind of can run away a little bit from you. They'll start having their own conversation. And that can get pretty unruly as far as and it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just a lot. Right. And you it's my job as the producer on those to make sure we're pulling all of the questions that we can out of the chat room. It gets a little unruly. And there's sometimes I have to say, all right, guys, time to focus. Like we're <laughs> we're trying to teach you this. I noticed you've gone to a chat role and I want to talk a little bit about that here later, but we have stayed on the YouTube chat that we went wow. One yeah. of the benefits of that is you can, it replays like, like it's live. So you can go back. And when you, when you push play afterwards, the chat is there, like it was live, which is really, really cool. Well, I know uh, Ray on podcasters
1: Roundtable somehow has found a way to put a chat box from YouTube On the page, and it was actually working. I'll have to ask him how he did that. Because here's, I mean, I spend a lot of money on stupid stuff, you know, $5 for this, $10 for that. Spending $20 a a month on chat for some reason bugs me to no end. And that's why I was actually like, yeah, I don't know why. All right, yeah. Uh, And for some reason, when I, the reason I wanted to go to belive.tv, it's because it was twenty five bucks. And I'm like, you know what? It's I'm paying for chat and I'm getting, you know, fun toys to play with, and I can go to Facebook and I can go to all these other places. So I'm like, I can handle paying twenty five for a chat with this other thing, but twenty dollars just for chat for me is like ten. Ten would be fine. Twenty, I'm like, because twenty bucks, that's that's a squad cast kind of thing, and and that's mm-hmm. powerful and valuable. That I don't mind. Twenty dollars yeah. for chat, I'm like, mm, no.
3: And that's up to that's just up to fifty users, right? For twenty, right. yeah. So in my case at Gallup, I would have I would have blown right through it, right? Yeah. I would have been for four hundred. I would have been in the one hundred ninety nine dollar a month range to be able to do that. So that wow. wouldn't that would have been scalable for us. Now with with the Google Chat, you can't.
1: Well, they have can you put links in the Google chat? Because our thing is we're always throwing people links to Amazon and whatever the heck we're talking about.
3: Super sketchy there. I can't, I still can't figure out when they allow it and when they don't like I've seen them come through from other people. I've tried posting them and they don't show up. Like I I don't, I don't know. It's been, I I need to sit down and troubleshoot it. Or if there's somebody in the audience who knows the rules of when links show and when they don't in, in YouTube chat, I'd love to know for now it's working really well. Zach says, uh, and I think that's Zach from Squadcast. uh moderators have to approve links. Yeah. And that's what I thought too. But then um, I have audience members posting links in the chat that work. And, you know, we did, I've seen those um, I'm using it for home gadget geeks as well. So we're using the YouTube chat for that as well. And, I've had other people post them and I haven't, i have been the moderator and I haven't approved them and they've come through. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, well, I, well, I believe that is true, Zach. I, I think um, there may be some things in there. I, I need to dig into it, Dave, but it, that's, so that's the big drawback, right? Is that it, the, the other thing it's caught our people on is it grabs the YouTube name or it grabs their Google name, right? Cause they're, they're logging in with a Google ID. So whatever they set up is their Google ID, is what comes across, and some people don't want that in a public chat room. I could so see that. they've it's it's one of those surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get in the chat room. Oh, I didn't realize that was being seen there. Um, so another drawback. And it is not Zach from Squadcast. It is Zach from
1: uh, Serious About Tech. And uh, Jim, if you want to have fun, type "I love Anchor" in the chat room. Why? And, uh, because Anchor's a curse word in in my. Oh, channel.
3: really? So so if I I it's love. Like C H O R. Okay.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Uh, the uh, and Ross uh, says uh, I should check out Streamyard. It's like be live but better and quality. You can go. Ooh, there you go. I might have to check it out. Yeah, Zach. Just it's so weird because I don't lock up on Zoom. I don't lock up on. Uh, yeah, there's something. I don't know what it is, but I'm like I don't have time to troubleshoot. That's the problem.
3: Yeah. Um, Jack just dropped a link to that manage live chats, uh, and it's got the, it looks like it'll have the instructions on how to embed uh, the YouTube chat on a channel. To be honest, we moved, and why wouldn't I be honest? We moved everybody <laughs> just, just to, I say that phrase all the time. To be honest, <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to lie for a second. That's going to be my new phrase. Hey, I'm going to lie for a second. Um, we moved everybody just to the YouTube. You know, I've been a big fan of, having people land on your live page branding links all those things and all those reasons but when we did hundreds live with the coaches so 400 and then it diminished down to the 200s and 150s and 100 by the time it's still 100 lives pretty great so um we just moved them to the youtube page where it had the youtube it had that and the chat room and i got all kinds of positive feedback from, and these are listeners who are typically used to doing this with me. Like they, they kind of do it all the time and they were like, Oh, love the new chat room, like this new chat. So they liked it a lot. And, and we got really positive feedback from them that this, this has been a, for them, it was a real positive change. It is dynamite on mobile. That's the one I think of, of anything. If you're going to have a user join you via mobile in, the difference between that and chat role is it's not another thing. It's embedded in the video. It's right, right. there with it. Right. And, and so I, I am finding more and more, more and more mobile users.
1: Now I forget who it was. It was, I think it was on podcast or Sean. might've been here. Somebody said, and I keep hearing rumors that whatever we're calling it these days, Hangouts on Air, YouTube Live, Take Your Pick, is going away. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing this rumor, and I'm like, it's kind of like feed burner. It's like, yeah, we keep hearing it might go away, but doggone it, it's still... I mean, I, they've probably been saying that for the better part of
3: a year. Yeah, and it's Hangouts are... supposed The Hangout, the traditional Hangouts, as we know them as an offering within the Google infrastructure, is disappearing. So you won't have the ability to run... If you go to Google right now and you drop down the list of options... You'll see Hangouts down there, right? If you click on that, it'll open up a Skype like window, whatever, where you and I could have this communication. Non-broadcast, can't record it, some of those kinds of things, right? But to invoke this interface, this is you now we're at hangouts.google.com right now. And this is I can't get clarification on, right? This is where I don't know. Mm. And if somebody's got a link in the chat room, again, people are putting links. Oh, no, this is because it's chat roll. I was like, hey, people are putting links here. No, we're on chat roll. I can't figure out. They moved Hangouts On Air into YouTube Live. It's a completely different infrastructure from Google. It's not Hangouts. It's Hangouts On Air or what is now YouTube Live. So I can't figure out, does this disappear when Hangouts goes away? I haven't seen any documentation that says it does specifically. This is the nice thing about chat
1: role is all these links. I can actually go back and export this stuff, which is going to be cool. Yeah, that is nice. The thing that's weird is like I thought about moving Ask the Podcast Coach to its own channel. I thought about it. I went in. I logged in under my Ask the Podcast Coach Gmail account, uh, went into YouTube, and like it's a whole different thing than if I log in under my School of Podcasting Gmail and I'm like, wait, where's where's events? Where's like create new live? Nothing. It was all. And I, and that's when I was like, OK, for anybody that's uh, listening, uh, we're not on Mixler today because Mixler threw an error and I don't have time to troubleshoot. I went into to the YouTube thing, went to do an event. It's like, hey, look, it's a completely different interface. I'm like, I don't have time for this today. Next, you know, so it's just it was weird. So I'm like, OK, I guess I won't be moving as the podcast coach to its own YouTube channel. Um, it has its own playlist and we were talking about that earlier and I started to worry about that because of my quote, YouTube channel. And not that I don't care about my YouTube channel, but I am far from what I would call a YouTuber. I'm more of a content person. And I, I've been putting out like one short five minute video a week, usually on Wednesdays. Um, I do love the fact that you can schedule those. I didn't know that. That's awesome. And, uh, I'm not going to really worry too much about the YouTube algorithm and, you know, the fact that most of my videos are five minutes and then well, I've asked the podcast coach for an hour and then we'll do uh podcast review shows on
3: there as well. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, you're a, you're more of a community guy in the sense that people want to come to hear you, not necessarily specific content, yeah. right? If you're, you know, and I think if you become a, a very, very popular YouTuber, I've mentioned this before. I watched this couple who are building this timber frame house in Idaho. I watch yeah. these channels where they talk about lawn mowing. Like some of those things, when you're going to get 50, 60, 100, a million subscribers, yeah, you're probably going to want a very specific YouTube channel to do that. But for, yeah. for the rest of us who are, who are 10,000 or less, we're probably okay having everything on a single youtube channel.
1: Yeah, cuz there it's interesting. I started, I don't know, probably I don't know, a year, maybe two years ago, I started answering questions on Quora and there somehow must be some sort of thing that after you ask, after you answer so many questions, you become like a super answer guy. I woke up this morning, I had 120 questions from Quora and I went, "Oh, okay, time to set up a filter." and have those go right to me. Because they're all, some of the questions are like, how do I get a rich person to sponsor my college? And I'm like, so I started like going over and going, step one, find a rich person. Step two, ask them to pay for your college. I really started, I just like, okay, the snark, I just can't ignore it. You know, um, should I start a business? No, was my answer. I'm like, just one, no. You know, so I've about had it with, with Cora. And the other thing, I, I'm pretty sure they're, I started cause if you've ever been in a situation where you don't care if you get fired and I started like putting links to like articles that I've written, I'm like, here, if you read this, this is how you can grow your audience. And I'm like, cause I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do self-promotion and Quora. And I'm like, and if they kick me out, that means I will have 120 less emails. You, really don't, you really don't care. Do you? Don't, yeah.
3: You really so, don't. um, but uh, Ross yeah. is saying that, go ahead. I was going to say, let me circle back around really quick to this YouTube live thing really quick. Yeah. So, one, I don't think we really know what's going to happen. I don't think Google has been specific. We know Hangouts are going away. You know, I'm, those are the consumer infrastructure. They have said very, very clearly, you'll have to migrate to the G Suite to get Hangouts in the future. Hangouts have moved to G Suite. Let's just be real clear about that. That is happening. So they're using Hangouts for point-to-point communication. Dave, I'm going to call you on Hangouts. Not a broadcast, not on air, not connected right. to YouTube. That piece is going away. They've been very, very clear about that. Anybody who wants to continue to use Hangouts are going to have to migrate to the G Suite. That's all that we all know that. The big question is, what happens to YouTube Live? And will we still be able to start these kinds of broadcasts and do it on the YouTube Live infrastructure? I believe Google's already built all of that in. They haven't rebranded it yet. But when Hangouts goes away, this Hangout here will be rebranded to YouTube Live and we'll continue to do this. So I do not I do not see them taking this away. They could still, but they've put a lot of infrastructure in at this point to make this piece work. And I don't see it going away. That being said, Dave, I am testing backup plans for right now. <laughs> so I have begun to look around like, what would I do? And you should do this anyways for everything right. you do. What happens if it goes up? We lost Chatwing, right? We yeah. In a day you have to kind of have these things on backup. So I've been, there's some things I've been looking at to, or been thinking through like, okay, if I couldn't go live on YouTube today, what, what would I do different? It's, it's not that hard. There's some other things we could do, but, but it, 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 that's, I don't know, That's where we're at. I think.
1: Yeah. And that's where it's when I went into YouTube and looked at their like live settings, that's where I'm like, I need to get up a little more on OBS. I have OBS. I played with like a scaled back version for a while. And uh, I don't think Facebook Live lets you bring in another person. I, I I saw that as an option for if you're like a big shot smarty pants, but yeah. I, I know for
3: sure I don't. I'm pretty sure you can't have more than two people. I you go sideways on paying for for chat services. I go sideways on YouTube or on uh, Facebook Live. I just cannot. I cannot embrace that that technology. I don't know why. I just I can't get I can't get into it.
1: Yeah, that would be my next. If YouTube went away, I'd probably start looking at Twitch. Although yeah. Yeah. there's, it's um, I've played in there for like two weeks and was like,
3: yeah, okay, um, yeah, well, you could, okay, so YouTube still has an interface through OBS that you could OBS or any of those services, right. That you can connect the camera to. So that's that's why I think Hangouts are not going away because that they're still supporting those connections to YouTube. Trust me, they want our content. So that that's but they don't want to be hosting video conferencing for the consumer. And that's what they're trying to get out of. Um, there are some other pieces, you know, switching over to OBS kind of cost a little bit of money. you am going to have to make sure I got the right hardware, new learning curve. Zoom is one of those where, you know, maybe it on zoom, but broadcast it via OBS through YouTube live, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm starting to think about it. It's, I don't think, I think we have all of 2019 to, to worry about this. I don't yeah. think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, that's uh, OBS, like
1: I said, is one I, I need to play with because it's funny because you bring it up and it's like, oh, are you going to use YouTube? And it takes you to a YouTube page with just settings and nowhere does it say, yeah. take this code and put it here in this field. Put it's like, here's the stuff. It's like telling somebody how to bake a cake and just throwing flour and sugar and salt at them and
3: some filling and go here, you, you figure it out. Yeah. And I went. Okay, I don't have time for this right now. I'll come back to this later. It's certainly, something you don't want to figure out on a Saturday morning. Ten minutes before, present, <laughs> you want to have that thing kind of nailed down and kind of have it figured out. Um, we've been exploring a little bit Azure, uh, Microsoft Azure. So that's their cloud services, like Amazon. They they have some interesting offering offerings through their Office product, where they have a broad they have a broadcastable video through Office three sixty five. If we add more infrastructure to our video, so if we go OBS, we go XSplit, or we go any of those. Now we're talking about overhead and architecture. Like, yeah, you really need to have a pretty good video card to run some of those. And now you're talking about video switching during podcasts. And you do get more options. You can stream right to Facebook if you want. I mean, there's tons of more options you can do. It's been what's been holding me back is I just don't want to create more things to do during a podcast. Uh, th- these work just perfectly. So, all right, Ross is back. Can you hear us in real time, Ross? I'm thinking no. <laughs> hey, I, I have a quickie while
1: we're waiting for, for yeah. Ross to come back in. Yeah. There's a thing. Um, a lot of people are into this whole, um, chartable thing where they, you can go and see, I still don't quite get the whole thing about chartable. Um, besides the fact that I can see that I'm number 478 on the charts that nobody's looking at. But they had an outage um, on February 14th and February 15th from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's a pretty large outage. And then on the 15th, they were at another six hours from 12 to 6. And what, how you measure where you are now on Chartable is you can contact someone like Lipson or Blueberry and have them put in a uh, re, uh, redirect. Well, if they go down and they're which they are the first one in your redirect, that means nobody's getting to your files. That means like when your audience goes, "Hey, I can't download the thing," um, that's because your your first thing that they see is chartable and chartable goes. Pfft. So be careful. It's funny because as a as a Libsyn employee, I can't say eh, it's a bad idea when somebody asks me to do that because I'm doing what the customer wants. But here, on ask the podcast coach, I can say. What are you getting over there that you need? But I think this might be Ross. We'll see here. Ross is, uh, we have a call. Nice. Uh, he might be calling in this way. So, uh, ending in 1070,
2: you're on with Dave and Jim. Hey, Dave. Yes. Uh, this is Bangs. Hey, buddy. How are you? Oh, pretty darn good. Uh, came into the hang, uh, the, uh, video a little bit late, so I was catching up on uh, 1.7 speed, which makes you sound tremendously funny. So uh, I'm calling about uh, a little bit uh, behind what you're on right now. Uh, But regarding uh, YouTube, uh, you were talking about integrating the uh, chats and all that good stuff into, uh, into your property. And the thing is, YouTube and Google keep changing out what's allowed, what's not. And it's getting... Uh, interesting. Did you hear what happened last week? No. With regard to YouTube. Um, YouTube's uh, got a big problem because they have to deal with Disney's and at and all these big advertisers. Uh, so every now and then somebody will go digging, find something un- uh, uncouth on YouTube, tell the advertisers, the advertisers all quit cold turkey right then, and there, YouTube drops a draconian policy and then suddenly you have to deal with that. Um, YouTube is now demonetizing and restricting channels based on the comments that are being placed on the channels, oh, not necessarily the content. No, no, there's a reason for this, but it, it's a sudden, Oh my God, we're going, we're going to do this now. What they found was some really skeevy people were going through and finding videos of young children, so yeah, that's where we're going, uh, doing gymnastics or at the picnics or whatever, and they would post time codes in the chat, or not the chat, into the comment section with uh, emoticons to draw attention to it, and they would be in compromising positions or whatever. So suddenly, all these very family-friendly channels are getting restricted, demonetized, and otherwise censored, and it just started happening all of a sudden. I understand that they have to, and they're reporting illegal activity to the proper authorities to go after people who are doing actual icky things. But when you tie yourself into big companies like YouTube, they have to make these huge course corrections. Whereas chat role uh, can deal with individual problems. That's one of the problems using Hangouts and, frankly, one of the worries that I have coming up with uh, Apple having such a large market share in podcasting as a whole. These big companies have other priorities, and they're not necessarily you.
3: Yeah. Interesting. So it's a great point. And, And eventually, you know, there's always a market leader right? There's always the number one person in it. And this is always the struggle that they have. Um, as a side note, Bangs, I I don't allow comments on any of my YouTube posts unless I've approved them. Now that slows down my comments, which I've had some YouTube people say to me before, no, you want more comments. And I'm like, okay, I'm not willing. Like YouTube is the worst place in the world for comments. And I'm just not willing to let any yeah, any any Yahoo come in and post crazy stuff on my videos, so I have locked down. Right. And for, for some people, they're like, "Man, that's a lot of work." Yeah, it is, but it keeps it keeps my channels, both at Gallup and uh, what I do at Home Gadget Geeks and and Cyber Frontiers. It keeps those really really clean. So I keep those heavily moderated. I keep those. Um, I don't think though. I think we can't ignore YouTube. Like we can't we can't not be there. We have to find some ways to make it work for us. And yeah, there's stuff. There's always people gaming the system. There's always people doing terrible stuff with it. But I think as podcasters, we got to continue to find ways. I don't think you can walk away from YouTube, Dave. I It, it seems crazy to me to, to be like, well, okay, I, because, and Bangs, I know you're not saying this, by the way, but just to say, hey, you know, YouTube, eh, I'm out. You could, but man, the audience you miss. Dave, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's the the other fun thing is, I guess the the whole the fact that they
1: tweak it. I guess you know when I think about it, that's it. I'm not going to not pay them anymore.
3: You know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Banks mentions the, the demonetization or the the D. What did you say, Banks? What did you what What do you call it when you're getting? Is it demonetization?
2: It- also, there's restricted mode, where suddenly you're out of the system but you're still in the system because you didn't violate something. That can apply as well.
3: Wow. I've chosen not to monetize any of my YouTube channels, and I know it penalizes me, but that's okay. I don't want that. I don't want to be beholden to YouTube in a monetization scheme where I'm getting locked down or blocked for that. And so I've just chosen not to participate in any of those. I don't want them. Like, I don't need that. And so, and, and I, some YouTubers do. Like, that's how they make a living. And I get that, right? But but yeah, all of a sudden, they're your employer. And they, they have to make these sweeping changes to it. Um, I have my own video RSS feed, which we've been talking about on Home Gadget Geeks, where I, years ago, my audience asked me for this. And I thought, you are freaking crazy. Who's going to subscribe? It's a yellow, like, you know, 2003 called. And they want their video RSS feedback, right? <laughs> Didn't need it. Watching on YouTube. But I gave in, and it's been lately. It's been super popular, and I don't know why. But that video RSS feed bangs is a clean version. Somebody can download, and they don't have to watch on YouTube. And maybe that's maybe that's coming. That should come back in some way. Terribly expensive for a lot of people. I use MediaFire to host that, which makes it pretty reasonable um, to get it done. But maybe that's I don't know. Maybe we're coming back to video RSS if if YouTube's going to be a problem.
2: The industry seems to be moving in the other direction to more and more walled gardens, though. So, yeah. Uh, more Spotify's, more Stitcher's, uh, the Google Play, uh, where they downloaded all your content into their system before uploading it back to the uh, listener.
3: With this Spotify
2: they're going in the other direction.
3: With this Spotify acquisition recently of Anchor and of Gimlet, I have heard that Netflix uh, example, like, Spotify is becoming the Netflix of podcasting. In other words, walled garden, subscriber model, some of those kinds of things. Dave, did that come up on the most recent Podcasters Roundtable? Did you guys talk about that at no, all? No,
1: the last podcasters roundtable was all about burnout.
3: Okay. With
1: uh, uh Bandrew from Podcastage. But it's Rob, come up and I, Rob, oh, go ahead. I'll believe that when I see it. It's one thing to say we're gonna be the Netflix of podcasting, but I don't know that Netflix is Netflix anymore. I used to love Netflix and I go there now and I'm pretty sure Jim, haven't I heard you got a comedy special at Netflix?
3: Cause do new brand, brand new comedy special Jim's comedy.
1: Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, I watched the one from, and then I will get back to, I watched the Dr. Ken and it was at times inspirational because he's talking about his wife beating cancer. I'm like, I don't really, I'm like, is there a punchline here, Dr. Ken? I'm like, because I could have sworn it said comedy special on it. So I don't know if Netflix is Netflix anymore. And I mean, they had Amy Schumer. They had uh, Joe Biden. I don't know. I'm, I'm not over there listening to podcasts yet. And those are two pretty big names. So uh, I'll believe the wall. I mean, you know, um, the Wolf Den or whatever it is. Stitcher has their little walled garden. But yet I'm not paying to listen to Mark Maron. So I'll believe it when I see it. And I know. Yeah. um I know the Gimlet stuff that's been out now is still going to be available. It's new Gimlet stuff that may only be on Spotify. And I mean, Ricky Gervais, if we go back to the original days of Richie Gervais was the only guy on audible that you had to use audible to get his podcast. That didn't work. I get to see walled gardens work unless it's, you know, the only reason I have Hulu is because everybody and their brother was talking about the handmaid's tale. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll sign up
3: for a month free and see Letter, what Letter Kenny on Hulu is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, uh, if you're if you're interested in this topic, uh, Rob Greenley and Todd Cochran on New Media Show the last two weeks have gone in depth on this. And if there's two guys, they need to get Rob Walsh in there. But sure. um, if there's two or three guys who know what's going on in this space and hear all the uh, all the undercurrents of it right now, I mean, I haven't been a big New Media Show fan. I haven't listened to it a lot. But with this acquisition, there was a ton of behind the scenes and inside baseball talk. So, if you're interested in that, I would I would highly recommend those two shows and maybe listening to them on a little more regular basis. They're on right after we are here yeah. on Saturdays. So, um, Bangs, anything else? Uh, Do did we did we cover what? Do we cover your question?
2: I was just coming in to throw the wet blanket on everything. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everything. You guys
3: are great. All right, appreciate it, man. Thanks great. for calling in. Take care. All right, Ross, did we get you? Yes,
0: I figured this thing out. Thank (laughs) you for your patience. You'd think I'd never gone live before. Um, But what I wanted to talk about is um, because YouTube is complicated um, in all the different ways to go live, and I've primarily done my live shows on Facebook, um, and between 2007 and maybe a couple months, the start of 2007 and a couple months ago, I use Be Live for just about every one of my uh, live shows. And I actually work for Be Live doing a show, uh, a weekly show for about 10 months. And I recently switched over to StreamYard. And when you look at StreamYard, it looks like Be Live. You're almost going to think you're on BeLive, Live, but whatever they've done with the video quality and the audio quality, it stays stable as you add more guests. And right now it's, it's really, really good. Um, and, and so that could be an alternative if you're having trouble connecting um, with, with BeLive to try. And while BeLive goes to Facebook and now has added going to Twitch, StreamYard goes to Facebook but goes to YouTube as well. So if you want a little bit of that OBS capability, um but you don't want to spend the time setting up you know windows and obs and scraping the picture and bringing somebody in through skype and then all you know you don't want to do all that stuff you want the easy to join with a link kind of thing like you have here or like you would on something like belive streamyard gives gives you that option and i believe because they're in beta it's 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 free for yeah, unlimited everything unlimited streaming and then if you want to replace their logo with your logo um yeah it's it's inexpensive i dropped a link in there with with uh you know if you use that link you'll save even more i don't get anything from it i have a package already from them but um so i'm not i'm not putting in there like for affiliate or anything, but you would get you, anybody who uses that would get a discount. I'm not working for them or anything like that. I've just made the decision on my own, um, for my shows. And that's what I used when I did YouTube live. I almost never do YouTube live talk show type things like this. And I did, and I used it and it pretty much brought the, the be live type experience over to YouTube, um, But it made it really easy to connect because you connect through StreamYard's interface. So you schedule it, connect through their interface. And then the other thing that's cool is they're actually working on a way to embed the show on your website. So they should be coming up with that soon. And I believe they're going to make it easy to put that StreamYard chat. If they can pull all that off, they can basically give you the same... The same thing. Yeah. Uh, I assume, like you prefer people to use use your chat rather. I may have missed this if you discussed it, but I assume you 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 want people to use your chat rather than the YouTube chat. Rather than I don't even know if there's a way to embed the YouTube chat or not. Well, there seems to be,
1: that's what Ray was using the other night on the Podcasters Roundtable. I just, we're not sure that some links go through, because we're always throwing, we're throwing links now in the chat room. And sometimes on YouTube, they don't go through, and sometimes they do. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, they they usually don't go through. They may go through if you're the host, or you make somebody a moderator or something. Not even, no. Not even,
3: wow. It's weird. I got to figure it out. It's weird right now. Yeah. Um, but And we know why. I mean, go to, back to Bang's comments earlier is like YouTube, because they're the most popular, those that chat room is just a cesspool opportunity for people to come in and just spam. Right. We yeah. saw that. What were we using? Maybe it was on um, uh, Blab when we yeah. would get that in the chat and we would just get hammered with porn and you know you're like hey what's going on here right (laughs) um and and so you know i I get it um sometimes there's security by obscurity right so if you're on a chat like in chat role eh, it's kind of hard to find these chats so you're you're kind of secure because people can't find them but yeah you um ross you mentioned the Streamyard. i don't know a month or two ago and i looked into it and it it looks promising i think that's another option right have our eyes on
1: yeah go ahead dave well, I'll have to check it out because I know the thing that really disappointed me with be live is I did a stream to nobody. Like it was just me. And I went probably an hour and 45 minutes. It locked up for like three seconds and then it cleared itself. And I went, Hmm. All right. So I, I rolled the dice last week and it just was like, we had to leave. It just kept crashing on me or not, at least for me. So I'll have to go over and, and do a test on uh, Streamyard. Cause it's I, the one thing that sounds great. It's like, Hey, it's just like be alive. And I'm like, that could be a negative for me. We'll have to, hopefully it's better. Than, and I, I would love to know, I wish I had more time. I would love to troubleshoot with those guys and go, what's, what's the deal with uh, me? Maybe bring up my bandwidth. Cause I got plenty of bandwidth. That's the thing that really made me uh, kind of scratch my head. Anyway, go ahead, Ross. You had something to say.
0: No, I was just going to say, so I'd say next time give Streamyard a try, because I believe the quality of the audio and the video is better and however they're they're doing it they're not using the same behind the scenes oh, good. chat whatever that is that enables you to put the you know four four videos on screen yeah. at one time from four different webcams or whatever um whatever they're using is different and it's more broadcast uh quality you know it's not not like what you'd see on tv or something but it's it's a higher quality and it doesn't seem to degrade as you add a guest or more people i remember when dave when you were on my show at some point your video just froze and that isn't like that's something that's happened a few times to me on be live where i can still hear the audio but the video just freezes up of the guest yeah and so far that hasn't happened with, with StreamYard. And like I say, it's very easy to use. It's got all the like the, the bells and whistles that, that BeLive has. But I don't think it's going to have the problems for you. Um, I know like even in their developing, they're, they're working on developing mobile stuff. They're very much like looking at Android and whatever. So they're they may cool. not be. Yeah. Try it. Try well, it. You might love you might love it. And, you know, it's another option. I'm I never really get very excited about these platforms. They come and go. I use them. They're utility. Right. Um, but this one looks looks promising for right. now. And then, you know, eventually something else will come along and I'll sure, you know, it might be the solution. But for now, I think the ability to have these conversations on YouTube or even on Facebook and have them in a certain quality. Um, and consistency, but ease of use is just so important because we want to focus on what we're talking about and not on, you know, being being a, you know, a full-time director, producer, engineer, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thanks for the tip. Yeah, coming yeah from
0: anytime. That's, uh, that's a big
1: one. We do have a caller coming up, and uh, before we bring that person on, I want to say thank you to our awesome supporters real quick. Uh, we always spotlight those people that uh, contribute $20 or more. And in the Big Shot Smarty Pants category, that is the one and only Josh Liston from OnTheBubblePodcast.com. And uh, Josh is actually going to be pivoting that show in a little bit, and we'll keep you posted as that happens. But uh, the following people have donated or contributed or patronized or whatever you want to call it. They've th- they thrown a Jackson to the Jackson, and that is uh, Greg over at DebtShepherd.com. Uh, Jonathan Bloom over at weeklyawesome.com uh Glenn the Geek Hebert who I'll be seeing at Podfest in a couple weeks over at horseradio network.com Josh Rivers over at podcastingexperiments.com Max Trescott up in the skies at com. Shane from spybrary.com. He's working on a really cool because of my podcast story. Uh, Carrie bond over at key dot slash podcast. My buddy Ronsley down in Australia at the, uh, the amplify media group. You can find him at mustamplify.com. A couple new peeps. We have Carl white at uh life in Carolinas That's Carolinas with an S and, uh, if you want to go to Carolina in your mind with Jim Taylor or James Taylor, you can now go to Carolina with uh, Carl. And then uh, she's often in the in the chat room. You know where you love her. Kim Kragi from Toastmasters101.net. So thank you, peeps. If you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And like I said, we do have a caller. So ending in three, one, seven, seven. Uh, you're on with Dave and Jim. What? What's your question?
4: Hey. Oh, Hey, first of all, this, this is already Chat the football history, dude. Um, I'm on, I'm driving right now. Is the sound too bad or can you guys hear it? All right. We can
1: hear you. We've heard better, but we we got you.
4: <laughs> okay. Hey, sure. Yeah. Um, so I have my question mainly is about, um, my show is more of a narrative kind of going over the history and just wondered if you guys had any resources that you could point me in the right direction of uh, storytellers or anybody else that, you know, kind of describes on how to improve your, your storytelling and narrative style podcast.
1: Mike Rowe. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, Dave. Yeah, I, exactly, love, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Mike Rowe for two things. Number one, I'm pretty sure he's doing his ad reads in his kitchen. Because they'd sound okay, but they're definitely there's a little bit of room ambiance there, and he's he just I don't know. Number one, it's great to sound like Mike Rowe. I wish I sounded like him, but everything's super cash on that show during the advertising spots. He's like, "Hey, I I talked to the guys, and this is that, and this is why I like stamps.com or whatever it is." And then once he gets to the actual spot, and it's just well thought out. It's he's reading those, but. He does a really good job of i don't know just
3: making it sound like he's talking to you about this really cool story and yeah, he, he's he's not telling stories on the fly like they are written well rehearsed well thought out well practiced and he's in a i mean he he's a guy that's been doing this for thirty years and um and so he's he's got that cadence he he goes you know, I would say if you if you're if you're in a storytelling podcast and you're you can grab anybody and tell them a story and it grabs their attention, you got it. Like I don't know if there's a technique. It's the one that, that works best for you where people actually listen. And um and honing that skill, I think, of what is important instead of trying to mimic or copy somebody else.
1: Yeah, there's a book called Out on the Wire that was written by oh Jennifer something, and she was an intern for uh, this American life for a year. And there's a, there's like a legit, like, this is the format. And it's like, uh, you're not going to, here's the story about so-and-so and you're not going to believe it, but they were trying to do this. And then this happened. And then, oh my gosh, this happened. And Holy cow, this happened. And then it's, um and this is why it's important to everyone. So you have this Holy cow, Holy cow, Holy cow. This is why it's important. And if you listen to NPR now, you're like, okay, there's the second Holy Cow. And here comes the third one. And here comes the why it's important. And it's like, wow, that's, uh, it's a good book. The only thing that drove me nuts about the book is it's, it's written, it's a comic book. It's a graphic novel. Why? Because I guess that's what she does or something. But I was like, it would have been, I think it would have been a pamphlet had it not been in a graphic novel format, but there's some good stuff in it in terms of, of that. But, you know, anytime, if you watch um, any kind of drama, you know, there's always something, there's always a, Oh my gosh, are they going to make it? You know, is uh, if you watch, um, I've been watching, Oh, it's some TV show with the guy from the blacklist. It's about this nonprofit hospital. So every week it's like, are we going to be able to save the patients live and still be nonprofit. How are we going to do this? And then there's always there's always some sort of hurdle to get over. So anytime you can add some drama in there, um, where the hero wins in the end, um, you know that that
3: seems to always work good. But uh, what what kind of feedback do you get on your own storytelling? I mean, do you get do you get do your listeners give you feedback? Um, I do. I it's
4: it's it, I don't have a lot of listeners yet. I've been in the the game since last April. It's about you know i'm sorry i'm taking a left turn here guys um it's more of a it's narrative for true events that have happened in the history of the nfl so it's i mean i'm elaborating on the details of of that um people seem to have noticed that at the beginning i was very you know robotic rigid and it was felt like i was reading through a you know a script but now i have more of a um, as I go, I, I tend to have, I don't, I call them tangents, but you can tell I go a little bit off script and people seem to enjoy that. Mm, when I yep. when I interject my own personal opinion upon it.
3: Yeah. Oh well, yeah.
1: Anytime you can share your opinion on that, that's what's going to make this show different than anybody else's show. If you go to radio lab or look for radio lab, they did a history of football and granted you don't have a team of 18 with a music producer and sound effects and things like that. But they did a really interesting job where they just explained how in the early days of football, people would cheat basically. And then they came up with a rule. Cheating doesn't happen today. <laughs> well, that's the thing already. Yeah. And so then they, uh, then they had a rule come in to stop the person from cheating and then people would find a new way to cheat. And then they would come up with a new rule. And, you know, so it's, yeah. So it was interesting cuz the whole time you're like, well, then what happened? And then it was like, well, then they came up with this rule. And then you're like, well, then what happened? Well, then they started passing the ball. And you're like, well, so it was an interesting story. And they had a lot of, you know, the whole roaring 20s music to add ambiance and things yeah. like
3: that. But who's yeah. got time for that when you don't have a team of 18? They're they're pretty they're pretty good at that. What kind of do, you, do you, what kind of style do you think you have today? What what are you doing or how are you telling these stories today?
4: Um, the way I have told, so if I'm telling my, my brother, for instance, how I tell my story, I like to draw the audience in at the very beginning with a, uh, a lot of times I actually, it's not even football. It'll be a, a timeline, an event that happened around the t- same time that either the person was born or the event of the story. Then I go through the chronology of the, the you know, the history of the whatever specific scope of topic I'm talking about. And then at the end, I always call it the drop the mic moment where I try to, What you said, holy cow, that's what just happened to me. And then I end the show.
3: Right, right. Yeah. Well, you got, at least you have a style, right? And, in, in, you know, you might have a style that then has these little tangent breakouts. Like in your audience, if you do that consistently enough and you do it well, that becomes your style. And they'll wait for those things. They'll be like, oh, here's the tangent. Like, okay, now we're coming back to the story. Or like a Mike Rowe, it's very tight. Like he is in there, he's telling a story. He likes to change his his mo is he likes to change the names so you don't know who the people are, and then he tries to trick you into thinking this is a modern tale when it was really two hundred years ago, or it was he's going to make it sound like it was two hundred years ago, and it's it actually happened today, right? He has always that little element of of trickery kind of in there radio lab uh, I listen to them a lot they're they're just a fact telling with music and like little little hooks behind it like little audio hooks behind it so I don't know if there's one great way but I like as you're as you're talking about it maybe you've got a little gig here where you've got a you've got a story where you want to go and then you've got a, a tangent or two you could pop out on that are interesting and then bring it back in and be very intentional about that I don't know just a thought
1: Well, Ross is asking in the chat room, have I ever introduced any of this into my show? And when I hear like I had Kathy Heller, who is she has a podcast. uh, She's all about don't I think it's quit your day job. I forget the name of her show, but it was a great interview. So I saw where Kathy was, but I also know that she's been she got uh, hired to be on a major record label. She's a musician and she lost not one, but two record label deals. And so I started off with kind of going through what did it actually feel like to lose, you know, how do you get told you're not on the label anymore? And, and I, so I kind of walked through that to a, get people to go, Oh my God, I can't believe you got fired. So I, I play on the emotions there. And then I started, I probably, if I go back and listen, I probably explained at the beginning of the show, this woman is doing great now. So when you start off the story with, I got fired twice, I'm hoping my audience is like going, okay, well, wait a minute. Cause I know the end of the story, he said, she's doing great. And so now they're waiting. Like, how did she get through that? And that's really why I brought her on was the strategy. I, I, in the end, I love a good story, but my audience doesn't need inspired. They're already behind the mic. They're inspired. They're ready to go. They want strategy. How did she do it? And that's what I brought her on for. Um, Carolyn from uh boomer tag was another one that she almost quit. So I started off with that at that interview. I'm like, "Hey, I met you at this and that. You started to tell me your story and you told me you were going to quit. And so that in some cases people are going to go, wait, what? She quit, but she didn't. Okay. So, and so she said, yeah, I was doing this and I didn't get into new and noteworthy. And I was thinking of changing the name or shutting it down. And I'm like, good. Cause this is what I preach to people. And in my case, I kind of was worried about that show. Cause it almost sounded like a Dave Jackson commercial because she took my advice. She didn't quit. She pushed through. And now she's got like, she's working with, uh, Oh, I forget the guy's name. Um, the guy from family feud with the big mustache, um, Steve Harvey, she's working somehow with Steve Harvey's organization. And so that was like the, that's her overcoming everything like that. And in the end she went on to work with Steve Harvey's organization. So, you know, anytime I can have an interview that has a story with strategy because that's what I want. I don't want to hear that you walk to school both ways uphill because good for you, but not going to help me really grow my audience. So that's what I try to do. Um,
3: does, and that, then, does that help? Oh, sorry, Dave, keep going. Sorry.
1: Well, and then if it's uh, equipment, you know, so like when I do, there's a tutorial on the mixer on mixers at the school of podcasting. I said, here is a mixer. And I go, and if you're brand new to mixers, you're looking this this right now going, Holy cow. Look at all the knobs. So I'm, I'm addressing their fear because I know that's what people do. I've seen them wet their pants and I'm like, let's, t- let's talk about this. If you're a solo show, check this out. This is the beautiful thing. And I put like a shade over 80% of the mixer and I go, this these are the knobs you're going to use. These six knobs are the only ones you have to care about. And so that's again, kind of like, Hey, you know, let me get you through this, this journey of holy cow. How am I gonna make it through all these knobs? Well the good news is you don't. And then we just dive into this is this is a game, this is a base, this is that. But again, it's it's kind of like where's the drama? The drama is, oh my god, look at all the knobs. So I kinda of try to make it a little bit like, you know, you can you can make it up the mountain, brothers and sisters. Don't let the you know, don't let the knobs scare you. So does
3: does that help? Any other any other thoughts? Oh, sure. No,
4: that's that's great. Um you mentioned how your story or for instance your show you describe more of the uh, you know the strategy because that's your listener do you know if there's any podcasters about podcasting that that do kind of tailor towards a little bit of the, the narrative approach and the storytelling style Ooh. or any other um people out there
3: that's a great question well, i think those ones we mentioned early with with um yeah you know uh, it, out, out on the wire actually has a podcast. I listened to it. So that wasn't bad. Um, I've never listened to Dan Carlin's hardcore history, but I know everybody loves that. Is that another, is that another style that he's long, super long play? Yeah. But is that another one?
1: Yeah, that would be, cause I've never listened to one. It's like he, he basically gives you an audio book every whatever, two or three or four months when he puts out an episode, it's like an audio book. Uh, I would have to look. Uh, you know, I'm always a big fan of Eric K. Johnson. He's uh, my buddy that's been in radio for 30 years. He does podcast talent coach, and he's always he, he did a great one the other day. He caught me. Uh, we're doing it's coming out Monday. We're we're doing a uh, this is like the third show from a network called the Two Guys Talking Network. And on two previous shows, we had this guy named Mike, who's a co-host of a lot of the shows, and so we're on this third show. Mike's not there. And I started talking about Mike. And so because Eric's Eric, he's like, Hey, for anyone that's listening now, if you're wondering why Dave's talking about Mike and he clues them in, I'm like, Oh, that was such an Eric thing because I didn't even realize. Cause to me, it's like, it's Mike, I'm talking to, to Nick and Nick knows who Mike is, but Eric's like, yeah, but your listener has no clue who Mike is. Right. And so he's really good at helping tweak stuff and ask questions. Like instead of, uh, another great Eric question was this guy's it's a horror guys, two guys talking horror. So instead of saying, what did you get into podcasting? He said, when did you know you were into horror? What was like your first experience? And the guy told this great story about how he his mom, let him watch a kind of spooky movie that he was probably too young to watch, but he just got like, this is the coolest thing ever. So, and then he went into a whole story of well, why, you know, I, in horror, you can actually tell moral stories as people are running for their lives. Mm-hmm. So um, Eric's pretty good at helping you shape your content. But in terms of story stuff, I would have to, I would start with that out on a wire podcast. That's a pretty good one. Cause she really walks through that and then just reverse engineer, watch the history channel and listen for the content, but also like pick it apart. Like what did they do there?
3: You know? Yeah. I can't emphasize practicing. Like on your own, like this is like, come up with your own style. It's great to listen to these, to get some ideas, but come up with your own style that works and then really practice it. So Dave, I know we're up against the clock here. Yeah, we are up against the clock. So, uh, uh,
1: shout out your, your, your football website again is what?
4: Oh, the football,
1: the football Well, thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you guys. Have a good one. All
4: right.
3: Take care. Have a good Saturday.
1: Jim, what's uh what's coming yeah, up uh,
3: What's coming up on the uh, averageguy.tv? Well, what we did uh, last week is we had Sarah, my wife, on the podcast. First time really? in 5 years, yeah. So the averageguy.tv, I think 390 is the number, but had her on and we talked about family tech and how we raised our kids with technology and some of those kinds of things. One of my favorite of all the podcasts I've ever done, it was one of my favorites. So, you get a chance and you don't want your typical technology podcast, that's not what this one is. Uh, she joins me the average guy.tv home gadget geeks 390. I will have to check that out. That's pretty fun.
1: Uh, this week on the school of podcasting and what I'll be doing pretty much the rest of the weekend is it's something I do I think I'm going to start doing this once a year and I did it differently. I didn't ask what are your pet peeves? I said what is your top if you could only pick one the one that makes you go Ugh. Uh, when people do that in a podcast, what is it? And I got a lot of responses. Boy, it's, it's fun. I, I don't uh, I don't envy, you know, Dan Franks over podcast movement because the deadline to submit your speech is right around the corner and everybody waited to the last minute. I got so many of these yesterday because I was like, I need it by Friday because Saturday I'm running it through Auphonic and RX7 and getting everybody's audio somewhat presentable. And uh, so that's coming out on the School of Podcasting, and then um, next week we are next two weeks. Is that what we're doing? Next two weeks we are off. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yep. Yeah, I will be in Brooklyn next week. Brooklyn, i walk walking around. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, and then I will be at Podfest, speaking with uh, Joe high from uh, Stacking Benjamins, and of course I'll be at the Limbsen booth. So if you find yourself at Podfest please stop by the lips and booth and kick me in the shin or something. You don't have to kick me in the shin, but say, hi, something like that. Punch me in the face. Uh, whatever. It's not buying. A hug would be appropriate. A hug would be appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's going to be black and blue by the time he comes home, but uh, stick around for some post-show.